Welcome back, Immortal X friends. Happy Comic Book Wednesday. We are coming to you with an instant reaction episode. That's right. This is our second one since Free Comic Book Day. And we are here with Immortal X-Men number two um, by Kieran Gillen with art by, I don't know how to say this Lucas name, Warnick. Lucas Warnick. Uh, we are stoked to talk about it. Riley got to read it first uh, because my copy was the only copy that he was able to get a hold of at the store, and then I came and picked it up. So we're in we're in Riley's loft. We're chatting. Riley, how are you doing today? I'm well. It was a good book. Yeah, Having fun. This is yeah. a really fun book. This was a good book. Um, it's it's obviously shorter than the massive size premiere. Um, but this book this book did a lot. It confirmed our our theory and Killen Gillen's um conversation that he was saying like each issue is gonna be from someone else's perspective and i am so happy it was from hopes yeah i love hope i love her so much all the stuff yeah she um, finally gets to do stuff she it's gets great to do stuff. so let's do a quick recap uh this issue picks up immediately after the last issue yeah um the the kaiju that celine summoned is still raging the council is trying to figure out what to do and they are they are not having luck as this magical abomination keeps reforming Celine has whisked herself away, mm-hmm. saying, smell you later, and is with uh, Coven Akaba in London while the rest of the council struggles and Hope Hope steps up to the challenge multiple yeah. times. She, she earned her council spot in this issue alone. Yeah. Super fun to see Hope, like, immediately jump back into, like, I'm a soldier, uh, like, daughter of Cable, like, I, how did I get soft and not have a pistol on my hip? Like, I, like, natural leader, giving orders, respected, yeah. all of the, the, like, captain qualities that she's had in past X-Books. It's, it's so good to see the side of her because we have not really seen this since, since AVX. Yeah. There's a really, and I don't even remember who who wrote this run, but immediately after AVX, I don't think you've read this. There's a book called Cable and the X-Force. Okay, I have and not that, read this. that slightly involved hope. And I think that was one of my biggest issues with kind of like, I love the Bendis era that follows um, AVX, but Hope's, Hope's not around. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't want to play with Hope. No one kind of wanted to play with Hope, which shocks me because yeah. I think both- She's we, great. She's great. And I think this proves why we think she's so great. Yeah. Yeah, this is, it was so fun. And I think one of the main things that I'm now so excited for is all of the different pairings of council members that you yeah. can play off of each other. Like, obviously, Xavier, uh, at some point, in order to fight the kaiju, uh, Sinister transforms himself into a, a giant monster himself. Yeah. And I just, what's so great is like, we know now that. Xavier may have concocted this after talking or, or viewing through one of the Moira clones. Like maybe he did this in a lifeline. Right. I think um, a couple of things that I really like about <laughs> uh, that are at least coming to mind about this issue. One is that I really like all of the pairings of like not only council members, but just like mutants a- as a whole in yeah. this era where they like combine their powers for an end result, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the rather mutants, than like uh, mutants machine right mutants yeah forget the term yeah there's some kind of like you know we are immensely powerful separately but when we when we combine yeah yeah, i it's just so cool like all of these concepts of putting together two power sets to create an end result is just super fun to see basically 
you know, Magneto and Storm coming together to make an in- insane lightning rod out of yep. this kaiju. Super cool. Very, very fun. Very, very fun. Um, I also loved in, in going through the battle plans of what we do, that we do get to see a, a play from the Summer's Protocol war mm-hmm. journal of, of Cyclops's multi-step in case of a kaiju yeah. invasion. And it is like, it hints that there are many more pages of this. And I hope we do see those occasionally. I know. That's what I was thinking too. It's like so, it's so perfectly Cyclops to have like a manual for like literally every scenario that he could possibly think of. And calling out Gillen too, just for like, man, Gillen, Gillen references the mech from X-Men 1 that mm. they make to fight their own kaiju mm-hmm. in the middle of also talking about giant Sentinel. Just he, he is... They are so good at, at callbacks. Yeah. They're so good at referencing everything that's going on in all these books. Even Kevin Acaba from Excalibur and Knights yeah. of X. It's it's so impressive. Um, something that I really liked about this was, you know, Sinister has his moment where he gets to be like, you know, he plays hero for mm-hmm. a moment. You know, he turns himself into this big hulking creature, um, uses a chimera, whatever. Um, but considering what we know about what Sinister's up to from issue one and just like knowing that Sinister is like always looking for you know he has always got an angle for everything that like even him playing hero and trying to get the kaiju away from Krakoa for at least a little while while they to buy them time whatever like it still almost comes with an angle that like you wonder did Sinister do all of this to kind of like cover his own tracks and to kind of like make himself look a certain way in the eyes of the other council members, you know, like he, he has that moment with Nightcrawler and it's almost to like, you know, soften somebody. Yeah. To, somebody to on the council, in some you know, way, like, Oh, Nightcrawler can vouch for me now. Yeah, yeah. And to like kind of earn some points that way he can continue to be, you know, sinister in the shadows. Um, been a big week where spoilers for for x-men um is that 12 11 11 11 x-men 11 um from from last week but it was just revealed that dr stasis one of the the main villains of uh the orcus. current the current orcus and x-men run that's happening there is actually a sinister clone yeah um and so it just it, it feels really good there's been some really big sinister hits yeah lately he's really up to some stuff he is like in many different in so facets. many different ways than i think we imagined he would play in this destiny of x and obviously it starts with uh immortal x-men issue one started with him and destiny playing this game mm-hmm. basically and it ends on that game as well and um kind of like adding some like magnitude of like how bad this is like whatever this threat is whatever destiny is seeing that is like making her freak out so much like not only is she having the exact same freak out that sinister has in the first few pages of immortal one but they're obviously setting this up to be this massive scale thing um and so far it doesn't seem like you know if if the first threat you know, if the main threat of this whole era has been Orcus mm-hmm. slash Nimrod and, and Omega Sentinel and all that stuff, this feels like something entirely different. I like, agree. 
it doesn't feel like this is setting up the next step in the like the Nimrod saga, no. you know? So it is very like clear that they're going in a specific direction that it's like real bad. So it's and it, it very feels like speculative. it feels like the threat's internal. It feels yeah. like the threat is themselves and mm-hmm. what they're doing. We which, must be on the same side, Nathaniel, yeah. whatever that might be. To go towards um it's it's super interesting to just see how and it makes so much sense, like, how cautious they'd be towards hope, mm-hmm. which I think does add to the mutant messiah nature of it yeah. entirely, of just how specific her power set is um, in allowing the resurrection protocol to work. Um, so it's just, it's cool seeing that called out. It's cool seeing it in action. Yeah. It's also just so awesome seeing her split-second assassination yeah. when she goes to, to off Celine, so that yeah. they can bring her back. This whole, yeah. like, destiny, hope, exodus team up thing that mm-hmm. happened in the last like five pages is not what i expected to come out of this issue but it's super cool i really like the you know the cryptic destiny thing that you know hope knows exactly what to do you know takes magic's powers and just boom you there's, know there's handled. so much going on um and then it, it ends with destiny freaking out yeah and, and on the ground and uh, she's saying, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, you're a ghost. Which, Riley, as you and I learned, those are the repeating lyrics of the Paris uh, 1919 song. Mm. Which I have listened to a lot since we first did. And so that felt like a very fun yeah. fun callback to the sign that Gillen has put on their Immortal X-Men Spotify playlist. A thing that was cool for me... Uh also in this issue is that like you know we've talked a little bit about um exodus has been present since you know house and powers like he's been around but Mm -hmm. besides being the guy who's like telling the campfire stories and kind of creating the whole mysticism about you know mutants and the scarlet witch the great pretender and all of the things like you know being essentially the the school teacher in a way Exodus in this era hasn't done a ton of things to where like as a person who is not a long-standing X-Men reader yeah. I still don't really know what his deal is. I don't either. You know? I think so it was cool for me to see that like he you know in these two issues he's got this you know this insane you know messiah zealous love. thing about you know the messiah and all this stuff with hope and interesting that he is willing to get his hands so dirty and that they immediately resurrect Celine so that Exodus can stop the kaiju yeah. thing and then immediately snaps her neck like you know I don't really know what Exodus's thing is but like seeing where he kind of lies in terms of like being a little bit morally gray yeah. as so many of these other characters are and more more of these characters are than not but it was really interesting to see that, like, even though he's very religious, he has all this, you know, zealous fervor mm-hmm. toward hope and all this stuff. He is, like, not unwilling to be very, like, you know. Very gonna, direct. Yeah. He, is, he is a zealot mm-hmm. in, in so many ways and will fight for what he thinks is right. In some ways, because of how, like, mysterious or much of, like, a blank slate Exodus is to me at this point, like, he is one of the most interesting characters to me because I just don't know what he's I, I do. feel the same way. I think he, he appears briefly in, in what I had read before this in um, 
uh, Messiah Complex. Mm. He's he's with that group of marauders okay. that like takes Baby Hope, which okay. I think is so cool. Is like now mm. it's come full circle, right? Um, and I know he was even bigger in the '90s okay. as as a I think a Magneto acolyte, mm. but he's been around for a long time. I'm excited to learn more about him, and for I feel sure. like Gillen's a great person to to address that. Um, so next week's tease, or not next week's next next four months tease whenever this issue comes out mm-hmm. yay uh, delays i hopefully hopefully the delays based on how many x-men books came out today i hope the delays are starting to get a little fixed yeah hopefully um especially as we go into summer and i want to read these regularly but the for issue three it's what does the destiny hold so it's pretty exciting. We get our destiny issue, yeah. issue number three. I feel like that might be a fun way to do it, and it could pick up right where this left off again. Maybe it's if destiny is in some sort of coma or or paralysis or something. We're seeing more memories, and maybe it'd be really cool. We spend seeing, more time in nineteen nineteen or in nineteen nineteen, like or just on how she sees the future and how things work. Yeah, but we will see. Um, any closing thoughts on Immortal? Um, no, it's just it's such a huge. I don't know. This book, it just feels so similar to House and Powers to yeah. me. In uh, just the, like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but it feels I really know. huge. I know, like, this, I don't know that Immortal is necessarily considered the flagship book right now in Destiny of X, but, like, it feels like the main one to me. It definitely feels like our main one i think it's it's, yeah. it's checking all the boxes where it's like i get like you and i especially i feel like we we want to get together and we want to talk about comics but when there's not a book like this we don't or, or yeah. we get together and we talk about stuff that we've read or, or movies that we've seen mm-hmm. and, and more of our retrospectives yeah but like this one comes out and we're like oh yeah i remember why we wanted to do this in the first place right yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah immortal is definitely my anticipated book right now mm-hmm. Uh, X Men Red is up there as well, I'm but excited. like this we'll, one, we'll read that, and I know we'll review that one as well. Yeah, but yeah, well, this cool. is just great. It's great. It's Very good to fun. have it back. I'm I'm hoping that this means that finally that the the destiny of X can begin. Yeah, and and we'll see. Well, that's all. Hope you got your comics this week, and uh, we will be back soon. Uh, happy reading. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>